Welcome to Mindset Reset Radio. I'm your host, Jess, and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you get intentional in life and business. So if you're feeling stuck, you're looking for inspiration, or you just want to be reminded that you're not alone on this crazy entrepreneurial journey, you've landed in the right place. You can join our community of intention getters on Instagram at Jessica Thiefels, that's me, and you can learn more about how I can support you in business and mindset at jessicathiefels.com. Finally, if you love what you hear, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I'll be forever grateful. Now, sit back, grab a journal, and get ready to start living with intention. Hello, intention getters. I'm so excited to dive into expectations with Chelsea Connors, a certified life coach, therapist, and founder of The Practice Membership. Chelsea uses a holistic approach to mental and emotional well-being and supports her clients in navigating the anxiety and stress that's often overwhelming in the real world so that they can feel more grounded, intentional, and joyful in life. I mean, is it any wonder that I wanted to talk to this girl? Welcome, Chelsea. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored and so excited to get to chat with you today. Yes, and such an important topic, expectation, something I know every single person listening and both you and I have dealt with in our lives. But before we jump in, tell us just a little bit more um, about who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So um, again, my name's Chelsea and I work with, oh my goodness, such amazing, beautiful humans. But Um, mostly people who are feeling really overwhelmed or bombarded um, by trying to almost find their space as an adult and some of the anxiety or stress or pressure and expectations um, that can come with that and not necessarily knowing how to navigate it or how to pivot when things don't go as they thought they would. Um, And so I do a ton of work around that internal world so that people can start to experience or go after maybe some of those external things that feel more aligned and calling to them. Um, So that's a little bit about more about my work. Um, and then as far as like some personal stuff right now, I live in Virginia beach, Virginia. My husband is in the military. So we move relatively, relatively often. And that's been, um, a big piece of how my own career has transformed to be honest. And a lot of the things that I've learned. Um, and yeah, I'm so excited to just be here and to be talking to you today. Yeah, before we jump into expectations, I'm curious how cuz you're you're a life coach and you're a therapist, how has your your business transformed from having to sort of I guess probably be mostly remote? Yeah, absolutely. So, um I think a big big piece of this is I started off my career as a traditional psychotherapist. Um, and psychotherapists are licensed by state. And so that quickly became problematic, um, being a military spouse because there's no state to state reciprocity. Um, and so it was one of the things, one of several things that kind of led me to start exploring coaching because I started to, um, understand the reality that I likely would need some type of remote work or that would feel more supportive for me. 
Um, and so I ended up falling in love. I started working in college counseling centers, which was kind of where I originally started this work and specifically working with, um, younger adults in transition. Um, and I absolutely loved that, but that became more difficult as we, we've moved four times in three years. Wow. Um, so it's been a lot. Um, and so it definitely was kind of a significant push for me to explore. I never really anticipated starting my own business, let alone one that would look the way that it does right now. Um, and so it, it shifted a lot for me. Beautiful. I love the story of that, how you just sort of like flowed with the shift and and now you're running a business that you love and doing work that you love regardless of the expectations. It's such a huge piece of what I talk about here is you're going to come up against obstacles in your journey toward creating the life that you want to live, but those obstacles are totally manageable if you're willing to get intentional about what you want and then shifting um, you know, your mindset and your physical um, situation or experience to make it work. So I love that story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Well, let's get into the meat, what everybody is here for. Um, first and foremost, I want to, can you define for me what expectations are and let's talk a little bit about where they come from. Mm, Yeah, this is such a good question. Um, so when I think about my kind of like the the non-technical definition that I have for expectations is, our perception or thought or picture of the way that we think things should be or have to be Mm -hmm. um, and how that can dictate how we act or don't act um, is kind of what comes to mind when I think about expectations um, and how I see it come into people's lives, honestly, and either propel them forward or kind of keep them stuck or maybe even keep them moving backwards to a place that they don't want to be. Mm, absolutely. Yes, totally. That's that's how I feel it in my life and, and how I see it play out for people that I know and um, clients that I work with and, and people that I talk to. So I guess the question is, can you tell us like, you know, from um I feel like people often say like, oh, society, because of society, we do these things. And and of course that's true. We're all influenced by the things around us, especially in such a media heavy world. But can you tell us like, from like a perspective of a therapist, of someone with your knowledge, where do these expectations come from? How, how do they get put on us and how do we internalize them? Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely would agree with the majority here and say that I think society or just the way that we are socialized Mm. um, can have a lot to do with the expectations that either other people put on us or more often than not, the way that we formulate our expectations for ourselves over Mm. time. Um, and then I think other contributing factors to that are honestly any way or any person that has some sort of like influence over us. And I say that not in a way of like thinking of an influencer on social media, but 
maybe that, but also thinking about parents or just what you've seen within your family dynamic or um, maybe a mentor or somebody that you've always looked up to or um, friends and the way that they're doing things. We can start to create our own interpretation of all of these things, whether we're told directly or indirectly. Um, And so that can cause us to, again, create these stories or these expectations um, for ourselves, for better or for worse. And I think where I see a lot of people kind of get stuck with this is not knowing or recognizing that you can shift these or you have the power to change them and that nobody else's expectations of you um, to a healthy extent should matter more than your own. Yes, absolutely. And I want to get to the shifting piece because I think that's that's always the piece that I, I want to really bring to the listeners. But before we go there, something came up when you were just talking, which was, um, I'm curious your thoughts on, is would you say that like expectations that we put on ourselves come from expectations that others have put on us? Like are, are those very much related or can you speak a little bit more to that? Yeah, sure. Um, I think it can be both. So I think that we we might have expectations um, just that are kind of part of our nature. Maybe we have a tendency where we just have always leaned towards being, I don't know, let's just say, for example, more perfectionistic or more um, like outcome oriented rather than looking at the process. And that might be part of your own personality and some things that you were born with. While there might be some contributing factors thinking about like, well, what was praised when you were growing up or how did you get your needs met when you were growing up? Um, or now like in this current moment, um, and then we can either like spin those and keep those with us and they start to become our own expectations of ourselves. So thinking about, well, if it's not perfect, then it doesn't count. And thinking about, okay, is somebody telling me that directly all of the time? Or is this something that now is an expectation that I'm continuing to place on myself? Um, whereas other people might be more understanding if I weren't perfect or things like that. So it kind of can be a blend, I think. Um, and sometimes it's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg, where it's not always super clear. But knowing that both yourself and the external world can contribute to how our expectations evolve or um, transform over time. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. I feel like a lot of, I can definitely see a lot of the expectations that I put on myself almost come from my role in my family. Mm -hmm. Um, which I feel like that can be a big part of it. And again, it's nothing that like anyone directly put on me, but something that just sort of happened in the dynamic of me being the older sister and my younger Mm -hmm. sister being the baby and, um, me being so much older than her. And, um, it's interesting to look back and, and see that and see how it plays out now. Um, one way I see that play out for me is, anxiety and perfectionism, mm-hmm. like you were saying. Um, so can, can you speak to a little bit like why, I guess actually first I want to ask you, um, I'm just treating this like a masterclass for myself in yeah. expectations. So <laughs> let's go with it. I love it. Uh, um, expectations can, can they be a good thing or is it always a bad thing? 
I totally think that they can be a good thing because one of the things that they that they do for us is they help to motivate us. They help to propel us forward. I think that there's a, a healthy middle here, right, where we can have some um, flexibility to see things that maybe are outside of what we expect, whether that be of ourselves or how our lives are going to go or what our jobs are going to be like or whatever area it might be. Like being able to have more permeability and kind of be flexible with our expectations is so, so healthy, but Mm. expectations in and of themselves aren't necessarily inherently bad. Does that make sense? Yes. So can you give us an example of like when it would be good to have expectations? I guess also, wait, before we keep going, let me, let me define something here. Cause I think it's confusing me. Um, so when we're talking about expectations, I feel like there are two pieces, expectations we put on ourselves and expectations we have of others. Mm-hmm. Um, so expectations we put on ourselves is sort of what I'm thinking of and wanting to explore, but I suppose there is the other end of expectations we put on others and mm-hmm. how those two um, sort of influence one another. Um mm-hmm. So I guess, can we, can you speak to like a good expectation that we might put on ourselves and maybe a good expectation we might have of others and then maybe share a bad example for both or a negative or not so healthy? Mm. Yeah. So I, I hesitate to label anything kind of as good or bad, healthy or unhealthy, because I think it depends. It depends how um, people approach it or how, how it feels for them. Right. I'm a big advocate for never knowing what it's like to have another person's experience or to live from their perspective. And at the same time, right. To, to try and answer some of this question with the kind of like the caveat that like, this isn't factual, it's not one way or the other, but having an expectation of something like, I'm always giving everything my best, right? And I feel good about honoring that I show up the best that I can as often as I can. And my expectation is that I'm going to do that and have compassion for myself in the times where maybe I fall short or maybe that's not manageable for whatever reason, right? So that might be like a healthy, nourishing expectation to have of yourself, Um Whereas an unhealthy expectation may be, I always have to perform at 100% um, and meet every single deadline that comes my way, or I'm going to get fired tomorrow, for Mm. example. Yep. Does that help? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And I think it's really, and I think you'll probably get into this as we talk about shifting those expectations, but it just reminds me of um, the difference between like the way we speak to ourselves and like that that seemingly subtle shift in language. Um, and in this case, like the seemingly subtle shift in the expectations you feel have been put on you, um, Mm -hmm. that make all the difference in how they either propel you forward or hold you back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so, so true. Um, and such an important, like, oh my gosh, if I, I've said it one time, I've said it so many times, but like, I'm such a big believer that, 
the small things and the small shifts add up to really, really be the big thing. So even thinking about what you just shared of like the way that we talk to ourselves or the way that we support ourselves when we do fail or when things don't meet our expectations or don't go according to plan is just as powerful as whatever thing maybe we are holding ourselves to or trying to achieve or whatever that is in the moment. Right. Absolutely. And and in terms of addressing the other side of expectations that I sort of brought up a few minutes ago, like expectations of others, do, do you feel like these two things are connected or would you say that's like a whole other conversation? Um, you know, I think that they can be certainly intertwined um, because oftentimes it's a mirror, honestly, like maybe what we're expecting of other people is either exactly what we expect of ourselves, um, or vice versa, where we're putting so much on other people because maybe we feel scared to take that on ourselves or, or whatever that might look like. So I can see ways in which they correlate and are very, very intertwined and ways in which they might be kind of two categories to talk about. Um, it just depends on what angle you're coming at it at it from. I think it's a curious thing to think about as well in terms of them being connected. Like I, I think about the expectations I set for myself, which are extremely high to a point that I, I know is not always healthy. Um, and I just have to stay super aware of that. Um, but I definitely see how I put expectations on others um, that are based on the expectations I have of myself. Like this mm. is a seemingly simple uh, silly example, but like I say, please always, like I always say, please. And thank you. I'll say, please five times. I'll say, thank you five times. And like (laughs) one of my best girlfriends, she often doesn't say, please. So like, Mm -hmm. she'll say to like her fiance, like, can you get that for me? And I'll look at her and I'll go, please. (laughs) And she's like, please. Like, and like sasses me a little bit, but says, please. But like, because for me, that's an expectation I have of myself to always say please and thank you for whatever reason that was made a part of my being. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think it's curious to, as you start to dig into, and this is where I want to sort of shift the conversation to is as you start to dig into what those converse, what those expectations are that are on you and maybe starting to identify them and then seeing how they're affecting your life and where you can shift. Um, I'm wondering if a place to look is looking at the expectations you have on others and seeing if that does reflect back um, some expectations that you're starting to discover you have about yourself or for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm sitting over here, like nodding my head, like a a bobblehead. Totally. I think it can be such a great mirror for us to think about like, well, why do I feel like that person should do that or should act that way or should Mm -hmm. say that. And oftentimes when we bring it back, it's like, oh, because that's what I would do or that's how I think I would feel. Um, And so sometimes that can be a really great mirror to tap in a little bit more and just get really curious and to start thinking about of like, okay, well, just because that's my expectation, does that mean it's the only expectation or the right way to do it? Um, And ask more questions. Yes. Ask more questions. My book that I just released this Mm. week, all about asking, all about asking more questions. Um, So, okay. I love where this conversation is going and I'm loving that we're moving into the shift part of this conversation. So, 
as in anything with, with making a mindset shift, there has to be an awareness piece first. So can we talk about um, how to start understanding what those expectations are that we're placing on ourselves that have come from expectations that have put on us? Um, and how can we start identifying those and in, in seeing how they're affecting our lives? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm a huge, huge advocate for writing um, and also for naming what is. So sometimes if this feels confusing or if you feel like you're kind of hitting your head against the same wall over and over again and not sure why that's happening or uh, what is contributing to that, um, I might sit down and say like, okay, well, what is the picture that I'm painting for how I quote unquote feel this should go or what it should look like or what I should be able to do here. And I will like flesh out um, that process in detail so that I can have maybe a little bit more of an objective view of what this picture is that I have in my mind. Um, And one thing I offer to my clients quite often is to do some type of cathartic processing like that and then step away. Um, So maybe to paint this picture really, really clearly of how you're telling yourself things quote unquote should look or what your expectations are of something or someone or yourself and then step away from that so that later you can come back and see it outside of yourself um, to create a little bit of diffusion there from the story that you're telling yourself and who you are as a human. Right. Yeah, I like that. And I like I like almost the idea of for those of you who are listening who are like I don't even know how to do that, just like bullet points of just like of what you and you tell me if this is true, just like maybe of what you expect of yourself. Like if you honestly sit down and say, "What do I expect myself to do?" Like I would say, "I expect myself to make X amount of money. I expect myself to be successful in every single thing that I do. Like writing those down as little, as big or as small as they seem to, even if you don't really know what it means, like just writing it down and then stepping away from it. So it doesn't have to be like this long journal entry or this novel about your life. It can literally just be like top of your head. What comes up when you say to myself, I I expect myself to. Yeah, absolutely. We don't have to know the why or the how, Mm. um, but really just thinking about when you're beating yourself up for things not looking Mm. or feeling or going the way that you want them to, what's the opposite side of that? Like, what are the expectations that you consciously or subconsciously have somewhere in your mind that are maybe contributing to why you make the choices that you do or how you feel about what's happening right now. Um, So yeah, exactly as you said, just like getting it out on paper um, or even thinking about like letting yourself think about if this were better or if this were perfect, what in my mind would that look like? So that you can start to put some words around why maybe you're feeling whatever you're feeling. Right. And so... When, like, what, when do we do that? Like, just like now when something comes up, like when, like, when is a, how can we know to sit down and really almost like check our expectations? 
Mm, that's such a good question. And, you know, I, I don't, it depends. So I think that there are times where maybe if you're in a season of life where you're feeling a little bit stuck or like things aren't clicking or there are certain areas of your life that don't look the way that you want them to look, um, that could be a prime opportunity at any point. Um, if you're working on something specific, like let's just say, for example, anxiety management or emotion regulation or emotional intelligence, right? That might be your trigger to do something like that might be when you feel emotionally charged, um, or really anxious or really nervous about something or really angry with somebody. Um, that might be a great signal to you to tap in and do an exercise like this and really start to unpack some of your expectations. Um, or if this is something that you're just starting to create more language around, this might be like, Hey, do I want to try this like every day for a month or for a week and just spend, I don't know, anywhere from two to 10 minutes thinking about like my day and what, what did I expect it to be? How, how did it actually turn out? How did I navigate that when it looked a little bit different or felt different, or maybe I had 15 things on my calendar today and I woke up with the energy to maybe get one done. Like how did I navigate that? Um, to start to explore this expectation versus reality with a little bit more love and compassion and objective ability to see it. Yes. I love that. And that's exactly what I was wondering is like in those moments when you're triggered um, or, or in general, when you're triggered, that's always a good time to look inward because, <laughs> because your trigger is trying to tell you something and perhaps one way, because there's so many so many ways to go about it. One way to assess that trigger is to say, what expectations am I putting on myself or someone else that is causing this trigger? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You got it. Yeah. I really like that. And I also, um, what came up as you were talking was the idea of doing it like even just annually, like at the beginning of the year as you're like, you know, especially I guess probably as you're writing your new year's resolutions, which I'm sure triggers a million expectations <laughs> that have been put on you and that you put on yourself. Um, you know, I feel like this could be a, just a really good thing to do like once a year and really check mm -hmm. in and, and fine tune and, and hone in on what's, what expectations you're putting on yourself and, and how that's translating to the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that sounds so beautiful too, because it gives you an opportunity to say, okay, here's what I notice I'm carrying with me. Like what expectations would I like to hold this year? Like what's going to feel good for me and what's going to be that differentiating factor to maybe where expectations feel good and healthy and helpful versus where it it's the opposite. Um, and you can like really, again, like paint that flexible picture for yourself of what would feel good versus what you just kind of like inherit or step into kind of subconsciously. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of making that shift, so we talked about sort of this journal or like um, reviewing your expectations experience. I can imagine there's some value in bringing like affirmations and mantras and stuff in. Can you talk a little bit more about some tools people can use to shift those expectations from something that might not be super supportive and healthy to one that is more supportive and healthy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think 
repetition can just be so helpful, right? So if we think about how often maybe we think about not so good things that have happened or negative things or our fears or the what ifs or our doubts in ourselves, right? Most people are thinking about that relatively often. And so mantras or affirmations can feel a little bit or what I've experienced or what people have shared with me is that sometimes they're just kind of like, oh, that's BS. Like that's not going to help me or that's not going to change anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big believer that if you find words that feel like you can at least dip your toes into what you're saying, it will be transformative for you and it can be helpful over time. It's about finding that sweet spot that's maybe going to stretch you a little bit, but also still feels somewhat tangible, realistic, like you can sink your teeth into it if this is something that feels super far out there, right? So there's also tons of other people who feel comfortable like repeating to themselves these magnificent, amazing affirmations over and over and over again um, that maybe are not at all what their reality looks like right now. I think it can go either way. Um, But we know that so many of our thoughts each and every day are repetitive. So by interrupting those thoughts, we create new, new patterns in our brain where we can start to have more options rather than just the old record playing over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And that reminds me of something my, um, a therapist that I worked with, someone who I really, really loved. Um, we were basically, as she said, like, you know, the, the thoughts in your brain are like train tracks and we can reroute those train tracks by doing different things. And, um, one of those things was to challenge, challenge what I was saying to myself in the moment. And I feel like that could be really powerful here in terms of, when you find yourself being triggered, because let's say your expectation is that you always you always kill it every single second, 100% of the way, but obviously that's not an accurate reflection of life and something happens and maybe you lose a client and you're feeling really frustrated because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, like that would be an opportunity to challenge that expectation that's coming up that mean, that's saying I need to be perfect 100% of the time. Um, and finding, you know, a way to push back on that thought and say like, but is that true? Like, is Mm. that an accurate reflection of what I need to do or whatever the case may be? Um, that's, that's been really powerful for me, not in terms of expectations, but I can see it being relevant here. Yeah, absolutely. I think anything that we can, as, as we talked about a little bit before, but like, uh, taking anything that feels like a given or a fact and exploring it further to, to assess, like, is this actually a fact? Is this actually true for me? And whether it is related to expectations or anxiety or whatever else it might be that we can learn so much about ourselves by having practices like that, by pausing for a moment to think about what we're saying to ourselves over and over and over again, or what wall we're consistently banging our head against or whatever it might be so that we can start to create new train tracks. And I love that analogy um, from your past therapist that, that you've worked with, because I think it's so true, right? Like we, it takes more intention and more effort to create new neural pathways as we get older. And that's okay. The, the beautiful thing is that our brain is always able to change, 
but it might take a little bit more intentionality or effort or thought as we get older to pause and really start to implement those new neural pathways or the new train tracks. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like, like anything in this life that we want, that's important to us, it's going to take time and you're probably going to be frustrated at yourself and angry. And I mean, me going through so much personal development, I can, and I'm, I'm sure you as well, Chelsea, have been through this yourself. Like it can be really frustrating and challenging, but like you said before, repetition, it's all about continuing to choose that. Like I like to say my definition of living with intention is not just setting a goal or making a plan, but continually choosing to take the route that's getting you closer to what you actually want in the moments when it's easier to take the route that maybe gives you instant gratification or or gives you something that you want right now. Choosing the thing you want long-term versus the thing you want right now. Um, Totally. And, and I feel like that's a really powerful reminder in people that want to work toward um, shifting in this way is that you just need to continually choose the, the expectation that you want to bring to yourself rather than just letting yourself fall into what's familiar. Like it's, I feel like it seems silly that the thing that like the thing that's familiar is the thing that's causing you, um, you know, that's causing you frustration and yet you continue to choose it. So not choosing that thing and then shifting to what it is that you do want. Like it it will work. It will Mm -hmm. work. It's just going to take time. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one more thing that comes up for me in thinking about expectations is just kind of sticking with this idea of painting a picture of how things quote unquote should look Mm -hmm. or feel um, is that we can become uh, unintentionally narrow-minded about how things can come to fruition because we think it needs to look a specific way or we think it needs to happen like step A to B to C when so often it's just not the reality, right? So holding that intention really, really um, like securely but having more flexibility in how we approach it And allowing our expectations to ebb and flow and change as we do or as life goes on can be helpful because none of us have a crystal ball or we never, we can't necessarily, to my knowledge at least, Mm -hmm. like predict exactly the way everything's going to play out or the future. And so by allowing ourselves to have more fluidity and actually turning into our internal compass as an expectation, um, can be so much more transformative rather than feeling like it needs to look this specific way. Right. Yes, absolutely. And again, as it is in everything in life, being flowing, moving with your flow, like you said, bringing more fluidity into it. And I'll add to that too. Something that is really powerful for me is approaching it always from a lens of curiosity, not criticism. Mm-hmm. So in those moments when you're having trouble shifting or in those moments when you're really frustrated because you expected yourself to achieve something that didn't happen, approaching that with curiosity, asking, hmm, interesting that I'm having such a strong reaction to this. I wonder why that is, or I wonder what triggered me. That's going to allow you to continue down the path of growth and allow you to bring compassion to this work that can be really, really, really challenging, um, and hard. So, um, yeah, I would just add curiosity, uh, bringing more curious, a curious mindset. 
Um, yeah. So that work. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, also so in line with you there, I think curiosity opens up so many different doors. Um, and it's just oftentimes how we learn more about ourselves or the world or what we need or, um, who we want to be. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Um, Okay, before um, I ask you our last two questions, um, is there anything else that we didn't get to in terms of talking about expectations that you feel you want to make sure you mention or that the listeners know? Yeah, um, I think one thing that comes up for me is just to like be mindful of the expectations that you're likely placing on yourself or question the ones that you think other people expect of you. Mm. Um, and I think when I think about expectations, I kind of in tandem think about self-trust. And so starting to explore both of these kind of areas or topics, if you're feeling stuck or like something's not working or not measuring up to what you thought it would be. Um, and also that that's really normal in the human experience to have to reevaluate our expectations of ourselves or others and that it's okay for that to change over time as you learn more and more about yourself or who you are or what you want. Awesome. Love that. Okay. Well, tell us, Chelsea, what are you intentionally moving toward right now? What are you working on? Mm, I am intentionally working on shifting some of the avenues in which mental health or emotional wellness is available to different kinds of people. Um, And so I'm doing that right now um, through my membership program, which is called the Practice Membership. Um, And I think it's really important because historically I've seen so many people feel like they need to again, with these expectations, look or be a certain way in order to need some support when it comes to their emotional wellness or their mental health. And that oftentimes, if it's not kind of a personal crisis, or if somebody doesn't have, let's say, a a diagnosis that they feel like they can't or they shouldn't have emotional support, Um, and so I've been really, really intentionally leaning into how can we change that story or shift what's available for people so that they don't feel like it needs to look a certain way in order for them to reach out or learn some of these like emotional tools or things about developing a stronger relationship with themselves. Oh, I love that so much because I am such a ginormous fan of therapy and coaching and getting that support. And that's one of the things in my currently unpublished book that will hopefully uh, be with a publisher this fall. Um, One of the things I talk about the very first entire first part is about this mindset stuff, like what you and I are talking about here and what I talk about a lot in the podcast. And one of the things that I say in the book, and I have a whole section about it is find an ally in healing. So Mm find that person who's going to support you in your healing journey because a lot of times you just don't know how to approach something or how to heal something or how to work through something. Um, You just don't have the tools yet. And so finding Mm -hmm. that person 
um, that's going to help you learn those tools and implement those tools. Like for me, that's been so, so critical in my life. Um, I mean, I still, I see a therapist now I've seen all different therapists. I've worked with multiple coaches and, um, I know for a fact, I would not be here if I didn't have that support. So that's incredible that you're create, you've created this membership program to sort of bring it to the masses, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love yeah. That. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, so, okay, well then tell everybody where they can find your membership program, where they can find you, how can they get connected? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you can find me on Instagram at, at Chelsea Connors with an underscore at the end. I'm pretty active on there. Um, and then if you want to learn more about the membership, you can just go to chelseaconnors.com slash the hyphen practice hyphen membership. Awesome. And I'm sure that's linked in your Instagram bio as well. 100%. Yeah. And I'll put that in the show notes too. Um, great. Well, thank you again so much for being here, Chelsea. It's been so amazing having you. Oh, thank you so much. It was such an honor and such a joy to talk about this. Yes. Everybody, intention getters, listeners, thank you so, so much for tuning in. And I look forward to talking to you again very, very soon.